Welcome to High Energy Health, where together we explore the leading edge of wellness and happiness. I'm your host, Dawson Church. By choosing this time together, you're declaring your commitment to a positive mindset, elevated emotions, and a great life. Thanks for joining me for today's episode. Hello, and welcome to the High Energy Health Podcast. My name is Amanda Wonderland. I'm a clinical EFT and energy psychology practitioner, and it is my honor to be guest hosting this podcast for Dr. Dawson Church. I am so excited to be joined by our guest today. Her name is CJ Llewellyn, and she wrote the book Chakras and the Vagus Nerve. Tap into the healing combination of subtle energy and your nervous system. And obviously, this information is right up my alley as an energy psychologist practitioner and I fully fully believe in the mind body connection and in the body's wisdom to help us heal and eventually be able to transcend and achieve enlightenment at some point. So let me tell you a little bit about CJ. She is a licensed professional counselor, a marriage and family therapist and a trained internal family systems therapist. Love internal family systems as well. Great. So good. <laughs> and also, in addition to being certified in EMDR, which is eye movement desensitization reprocessing, she's a Reiki master in the lineage of Dr. Mikao Usui. Yeah. And CJ utilizes polyvagal theory, which is also so exciting, energy psychology, and a knowledge of the subtle energies in her work. So I am beyond ecstatic to have you here. Thank you so much, CJ, for joining me. Thank you for having me, Amanda. I mean, this is something I could talk about forever. So me too. it's great that I can have somebody to really <laughs> talk about this with. Yes, it's wonderful. It's so wonderful. So before we get into too much of the science behind everything, I'd love to just give a basic definition of what the vagus nerve is and what chakras are. So let's start with that. And I would tell you that my definition of this as a result of working with my clients over the years, processing their trauma with all these modalities we just talked about, I see the vagus nerve and the chakras as an extension of themselves. They are not different systems. And and I'll explain a little bit of that. So the vagus nerve is the one that seems to trip people up the most. But to me, that's the most important. It is part of the autonomic nervous system in our bodies. And it is constantly around polyvagal theory, registering safety for us. Because if you think about it from any spiritual standpoint, We cannot access calm. We cannot access our inner world unless we feel safe, which to me is also the core of why I'm driven to work with trauma and to help people heal their trauma from their systems. So the vagus nerve is the longest, most meandering nerve in our, our body. And vagus is actually Latin for meandering. Based on polyvagal theory, which was developed by Dr. Stephen Gorgeous. Polyvagal theory has three branches of our vagus nerve. You don't have to remember the biology of any of this. Just remember one of our branches is for safety. That is ventral vagus, ventral vagal activity. One of them is for mobility. That's the sympathetic. That's the fight or flight. Should I stay or should I go? 
And then one, the dorsal vagal is for immobility. So if you think of it along these lines of safety, right? I'm feeling safe, right? You, I'm, I'm a little bit on my sympathetic, right? We're just starting the program. I've got a little bit of sympathetic going on, but for the most part, I'm feeling safe with you. We're laughing, we're connecting to each other, we're smiling. So we're engaging in our safety mode of our vagus nerve. If, I don't know, suddenly a, a, a tiger ran through my door, I would <laughs> immediately jump into sympathetic. Everything in my neurobiology would change. And I'd be thinking, how in the world do I, I get out of this room? So our central nervous system, our vagus nerve shifts to keep us safe. Now, if the tiger gets me, has me in his mouth, and I have no other way to fight or run, I will collapse. That's mm. that whole fainting mechanism that we have. And that goes into dorsal vagal. And those three branches, the safety, the mobility, and the immobility are constantly at play. That's what's keeping our body safe. So we can do all the other things that we want to do in this world. I hope that made a little sense. I hope it made sense. It does. It does. And I love how you explain in the book that it doesn't mean necessarily that the ventral is good and the dorsal is bad. It doesn't mean that the one that makes you immobile, you know, is bad. They all work together in order to keep us regulated, in order to keep us safe. So they're, they're symbiotic. They can't operate without the other, right? Yes, absolutely. And if you think of children, when they're engaging, because they, they move so much more than we do, they're playing. So their engagement, their social engagement is to play. Yeah. This is why we let them play in the playground in between, you know, classes. They're, they are learning through that mobility. That is certainly not a moment when they're in fight or flight. They are mobilized through that sympathetic branch. And of course they have that vagal, ventral vagal branch going on as well, because they are gauging for smiles, eye movement, voice and tone, they're listening. That is part of that safety aspect of the, of the vagus nerve, the ventral vagal. We are constantly looking at facial features. And I mean, if you want to take it one step further, which we're about to, because we're getting into chakras here in a minute, yeah. we're, we might even be reading somebody's energy. <laughs> yes. Um, am I safe or am I not with this person? And that gets determined through the ventral vagal. But yes, exactly. And there are times when we are in, we are in dorsal vagal and in ventral, right? We are in the social engagement, but we're a little passed out. And that the best example I can give um, on air is, is sex, mm -hmm. right? If we are mm -hmm. safe with our partners, we are in dorsal, right? But we are also in ventral. Yeah, that's a That's the best example I can give of getting, you know, those two, what we think of as maybe extreme branches of the vagus nerve coordinating with each other. Right. So they yes, can I'm glad you noticed that. So they can yeah. work simultaneously. They just do. We or just refers to our it's called neuroception. This is a term that he has developed about how our central nervous system, how our vagus nerve is picking up cues and responding to them before our consciousness is even aware of that. Right. I'm so glad you brought that up because before we get into chakras, I wanted to continue because I love the polyvagal theory. And generally we think of the hippocampus, the limbic system, the emotional learning center of your brain being the main center where we tag and have these data sets, as you put it, where we 
we see a stick in the road that resembles a snake. And so that gets tagged in our brain to make us, this is how our ancestors survived, right? That we needed to have mm -hmm. these tags in our brain. But I love how you bring in the fact that the vagus nerve holds that too, and that it runs throughout your body. So it's not just your brain doing all of this. This is where the mind body connects, right? Mm -hmm. Am I getting that correct? Yes, absolutely. Because, you know, using the an example that came to my head as you were talking is imagine if we couldn't respond once we determined that we weren't safe. Right. Right. Like it was that just vagus. The, yeah. Yeah. It was just the, it was just the mind. And mm -hmm. so the vagus nerve, these these two are cousins. There are times when they get along very well. <laughs> they have to coordinate with each other. They are sending signals up and down. The vagus nerve is registering safety. The brain is registering safety, but on a different level, there's more components going on in the brain because the brain also, by the way, has stored memories. I'll get into the trauma a little bit on this because it's actually really part of the whole safety component, but they're sending signals up and down. So our brain may, and this goes to early childhood experiences, right? How we learned to connect with others if we were not safe with our caretakers. We struggle in our relationships because our brain might be registering a lack of safety when there is safety or vice versa. Oh, this is safe. They're just yelling and throwing things around the room. This is what always happens. So our brain interprets sending signals up and down to our vagus nerve. And by the way, our, this is part of the trauma processing that actually starts integrating into the energy that I see. The, the organs are connected to our vagus nerve. Mm -hmm. So think of the times that you get a little nervous and your stomach goes, and some people's stomachs go more than others. Think of those times your heart races, those times even your back might ache. So these are stored patterns in our body. These are visceral experiences. So visceral is, is basically what we're feeling in our organs, our stomach's going, oh no, our back hurts, our adrenal glands are, too, you know, overblown with releasing cortisol, uh, our throat, right? Our throat tightens up. That's not necessarily an organ, but it's connected to other aspects. But so we have these visceral experiences through those organs. The mm -hmm. somatic is what we feel in, in our, our fascia, our skin. That's, you know, we use these terms interchangeably, which is fine right? Oh, I'm having a visceral reaction, somatic reaction. They're yeah. fine, but it's mm -hmm. our body reading. Yeah. I love that. I love the distinction that you make between visceral and somatic. And I mean, this kind of is a good segue into chakras because I love how you, and I see this all the time in my practice, people coming in, having blockages in their throat and it having everything to do with them denying their voice, not being able to speak their truth, having pain in their chest, right? In their heart area and it having to do with love and connection. So yes. let's give a basic definition of chakras first. And then I would love for you to tell how you came to understand the strong correlation between the vagus nerve and the chakras. So the chakra, the, I, I utilize the seven main chakras in our system. And what I don't do in the books, I don't use a lot of the Sanskrit terminology because I'm already giving you enough to have to figure out. And exactly. Yeah. So I'm not yes. going to break that down. <laughs> good. Like, good. I was actually thinking, do I break that down today? No, no, we're going to stay with the, 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 what I refer to as the dimensions. It, it's exactly what you were talking about, Amanda, the dimensions of what these energy centers represent, the dimensions of our humanness. 
through these energy points. So the first, I, I start in the book, starting with the root. And the reason is, if we can't heal our bodies, we're just trying to buy we're just trying to get out there into the universe and, you know, channel or do whatever we want spiritually without healing the messaging in our bodies. So the root chakra, I call the body dimension, and that does go to survival. It goes to being grounded on the earth. Our soul is here to have a spiritual experience. I mean, a human experience. Sorry about that. Yes, you know what I'm saying? Yes, so yes. I'm, I'm so trying to avoid that term because we use it so often. <laughs> no, it's <laughs> but, good though. It's true. It's yeah, true. we are human. We are spiritual beings having a human experience. Yeah. So there I go. I used it. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> <laughs> I got it. So, so the body root chakra represents all that, all our needs, real basic needs that we need to survive in this world, including being grounded to the earth because we need the air we breathe. We need the food that the earth brings to us. We need to feel grounded because we need to discern if we're safe or not. If we're not grounded, we're dissociated. We don't know if we're safe or not. We can't even choose how to gauge that or how to protect ourselves. So then the sacral chakra I see as the emotion. You can probably you could probably track me on this with your energy psychology. So that to me, I'm big on attachment theory. That's why I love IFS. Me too. And attachment theory is, yeah, it's really just about, just for the listeners, it's just about how we first connected. Did we come in all loved and supported? Or are we still trying to gauge whether or not we're safe? What does love mean to us if the people who loved, loved us, I'm using air quotes here, hurt us. So the sacral chakra I saw has a lot of those components of attachment forms of love, a lot of emotion based on that. And these two, I don't know how geeky I can get here. So the root chakra and the sacral chakra to me were implicit memory. I see a lot of the processing, regardless of my modalities. Uh, I see a lot of the processing that is coming through it may not have memories attached to it. That's what implicit means. It's, it's memories that we have in our body, but we don't have a chronological basis for. Right. We have a real bad uh, tendency to dismiss that, mm. right? I don't know where this comes from. Oh, it's just, it's just, I don't know. I'm just going to eat it away. <laughs> yeah. You know, whatever yeah. this annoying yeah. pain is. So, so that goes into that deeper tapping processing as we're, we're working through stop. Those are interesting because as you're tapping through things, you've probably seen some of that. You're having your clients experience potential, you know, pain in the root chakra or just sort of existential feelings or existential kind of beliefs around certain energies that they have. And they have a tendency to push that away because that's very, I'm going to pull in the vagus nerve here. It's very attached to those portions of our body that are slower moving. They're unmyelinated fibers within the vagus nerve. That's when we get into the organs. And so we want to shove all that down. And right. that's when we get it. That's what's your problem. So then going up into the solar plexus, I also see that around IFS. That's where we start forming our identities. Who are we, right? That's the burning chakra. That is the one that charges us out into the world. That's still associated a lot with those slow moving fibers in the vagus nerve. That can create some problems for us in our stomach, indigestion, but the identity factor I see a lot. And I call that mind. That's a, a very interesting one when I start doing all the best work. And then, of course, the heart starts reaching up into ventral. His ventral vagal 
the ventral vagus portion, the branch of, of the vagus nerve connects into the heart. It actually slows our heart rate down. So our beats between beat are slowed down quite a bit. We get some pace, we get some breathing in there connected to the lungs, which of course help modulate all this, help to modulate our blood pressure. And this is what we in, you know, spiritual communities want to consider, oh, this is the good stuff. We want right. our chakra, right? We want the throat, we want the third eye. These Not are the ventral vagal. <laughs> yeah, these are part of that safety factor. But just like you said, you can get into the broken heart energy in your heart yes. chakra. But mm-hmm. we can also heal through that through that energy well mm-hmm. i can keep going you want to go with yeah no i love that you i do i do want you to keep going but i wanted to point out how i love that you you say this is the lowest expression of this and this is the highest expression of this so pointing out that each chakra can have the wounded part and the healed part the throat as you move on i just as you go into the throat mm-hmm. and into the third eye let us know how that shows up as well, the highest and lowest expression of these things. Absolutely, because you can deeply love, but you can also deeply be hurt and have that connection that is more painful. I and mean, we can carry both these things. We are very dynamic as human beings. The throat chakra to go up a little bit and really explain it because to me that is the most compelling region of our of our bodies on both these levels because as in regards to polyvagal theory we are getting into we are still in the ventral vagal branch we're still in the safety branch of this portion of our nervous system but if you think of it in terms of the chakra the throat chakra is the only chakra that we can truly hurt others through right So this is a power chakra. I actually got a little moved when I said that because mm-hmm. we can, this to, to me is one of the most powerful chakras that we have to honor and own. We have to own yeah. our choices of our words because this is energy coming out. Yeah. So that's a great example of the highest and the lowest, you know, expressions of that chakra and, and through the vagal nerve, which also gets into safety because the vagus nerve. So our throat chakra also connects as our vagus nerve does, our ventral vagal uh, branches connect up into our ears. And I, I mentioned this in the book, I still haven't told which professor it is, or I haven't told the professor yet. So about 15 years ago, I was in class and I saw, I was tired and I looked over and saw my professor speaking and as she was speaking blue energy was coming up from her throat chakra i was able to identify oh my gosh look at that i can see the blue coming out of her throat chakra and it went up into her mouth and through her ears and cycled like it would be like a little waterfall around her face and in her ears i just didn't make any sense to me i had been doing yoga and having doing chakra work since the 90s i'm like this doesn't make sense it does now (laughs) through the polyvagal perspective because we hear safety we register safety through our ears through our middle ear when we are not safe these nerve fibers act differently than when we are safe so we hear differently right now you're hearing your ears are a little constricted as you're listening to me and who are listening as well can hear that Mm -hmm. however it changes when we're not safe because we start listening around us and not you know more intensely. So we can go into that, you know, yes, 
Absolutely. It's so cool. I love the strong correlation that you've discovered through your own practice, through experiential experiences that you've had as a practitioner and as a clinician. And it's just the coolest thing that you've been able to combine, combine what some people might consider to be more etheric and esoteric science with more of like what, you know, we've discovered in trauma therapy. So it's just the best book, you guys. I'm absolutely loving Thank it. You. It's so juicy. So you need to go buy this book by CJ Llewellyn, Chakras and the Vagus Nerve, Tap into the Healing Combination of Subtle Energy and Your Nervous System. I'm Amanda Wonderland. You are listening to the High Energy Health Podcast. We're going to take a short break and we'll be back in just a moment. So stay tuned. Hello, and welcome back to the High Energy Health Podcast. My name is Amanda Wonderland. It is my absolute pleasure to be speaking with CJ Llewellyn today, who wrote the absolutely fabulous book, Chakras and the Vagus Nerve, that is so juicy, and I cannot get enough of it. And before we took a break, CJ was just going into the throat chakra and how it is considered the most powerful chakra by her and how it connects to the the vagus nerve so strongly. And I just learned so much about it connecting to the middle ear. So CJ, tell me, is this also why um, when we go, when we try to regulate our nervous system and calm ourselves, like Dawson Church, the host of this podcast created eco meditation. So a, a step in the eco meditation is to relax your tongue on the floor of your mouth. And I've also heard that singing and humming can really send that signal to your vagus nerve that you're safe and calm. So is that related to the throat chakra as well? Absolutely, it is. And so breaking down a little bit more polyvagal theory in that regard, think about voices when you feel safe. We feel safe in a mid-range of voice, right? How we are speaking I'm not going to do it. I did it like I did it when I did a presentation at ASAP and I raised my voice really fast and everybody went, and I said, you don't feel safe right now, do you? So prosody is, a, is also, it's a definition that's used in poetry, but more just uses it as referencing tone of voice, mm. the tonal voice, the safety in, within our voice tone. Mm. So too high, think of sirens, right? That high pitch is something is wrong. We are in danger. The lower pitch, the growling dog, the growling bear or lion, right? The really angry man, that doesn't make you feel safe either, does it? Right? So the positive is very important within our vagus nerve and the ventral vagal dynamic here, the experience you're getting. And of course, we have hearing and speech connected. That's what I was saying. They are both connected in here. So yes, softening your tongue, humming. The Buddhist monks have gotten this right for thousands of years. The own chant. Yeah. Yeah. When you really deepen down and get into it, you can feel it through your whole system, through Absolutely. your whole, you know, they didn't know, you know, what a vagus nerve was a thousand years ago. Right. But you could feel the calming in it as you were doing the own chant. And of course, that was reflecting through our etheric energy as well. 
So absolutely, that is that is primary to safety. Mm-hmm. If someone comes in the room yelling at you, you don't feel very safe, do you? No. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. And the ears, just what I was saying earlier, the ears listen differently. Uh, using an example of maybe you're all sitting around, you know, your friends are sitting around a table and you're all laughing. These are old friends. You're having a good time. You're listening to what they're saying. Right. And then somebody in the back of the restaurant screeches and plates crash. Just imagine what it does to your system, right? Yeah. Suddenly you don't have the capacity to sit there and say, okay, wait, finish what you just said before we run out of here. <laughs> right. Yes. Yeah. Your neurobiology has has shifted in that moment. And mm-hmm. so has your hearing, your ability to hear. Your, your middle ear is not as constricted. It widens. And you're listening to the environment around you to discern if you are safe. Mm. So absolutely, you're, you know, going back to that question with that meditation, absolutely anything we can do to soften the tongue. If we do the own chant, <laughs> I'm doing it kind yeah. of silly right now, but yeah. that softens the back throat. It softens our tongue and it starts, you know, lowering our blood pressure because it starts lowering our heart rate. Our lungs and our abdomen start having to be part of that own journey so yes yeah yeah I just I love how it shows up especially in my practice when we say you know where do you feel this in your body and I work Mm -hmm. with a lot of women a lot Mm -hmm. of women who come from unstable emotional backgrounds so their parents were either violent or just emotional inconsistency they never knew where they stood so they're constantly people pleasing and they're hyper vigilant and they're constantly silencing themselves so it happens so often that i say where do you feel this in your body it's in my throat it's a lump in my throat that i can't seem to swallow down or i can't seem to express and as we do energy psychology and eft and we tap through and release this energetic blockage they're completely clear in their throat. And so I've noticed this association between the chakras as well with all of these ways that we contain and suppress this energy in our body. So I just love the way that you put it in your book. It's, I've seen the same thing in my practice. So it was really nice Thank to you. feel validated. By, by Absolutely. Well. When we don't feel like our when we cannot speak our truth, especially starting young, right? Yes, or we don't right. feel like our words matter. Of course, we constrict that because we're also not safe. We are not safe. Speaking the truth, speaking our heart, sometimes even knowing what we really feel. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, very true. So that's the throat chakra, beautiful chakra. What about the third eye? What can you tell us about that and its correlation with the vagus nerve? So this is the last of the chakras that actually sort of uh, connects on that neural network way down into the vagus nerve because the vagus nerve is uh the 10th cranial nerve is where it starts off in our system and it is attached to a lot of ocular nerves so this is where i get into the whole emdr discussion right yeah. because think about when we can close our eyes when we do we're actually instilling calm in our whole system because we close our eyes and closing them now <laughs> people that are listening can't see that mm-hmm. But we start calming our system because we start sending messages, hormones down into our system that says, you're safe. And so that allows for us to feel safe enough to integrate third eye and activate third eye. EMDR, Francine Shapiro was, she noticed this 
you know, back in the 90s. And then as a result of noticing, integrated a whole modality of eye movement, right? Eye movement desensitization right. reprocessing right. Yeah. to process out traumas. And we can do that because the eyes, again, like in REM sleep, right? Yes. Our REM sleep is really kind of integrating our third eye, even as our physical eyes are processing that information throughout the day, right? right. It's, it's, the, it's the whole system working there. Oh my um, gosh. And what it's doing is it's also, so when our eyes are moving back and forth in REM sleep, they're sending signals through those ocular nerves down into the vagus nerve, down into the heart, the lungs, everything. Yeah. to calm and to, to make sense of our day. Mm -hmm. And so we don't necessarily have to do eye movement to tap into our third eye, but we do need safety to really right. sit down and really go inward to trust because you can also feel other energies working when we go in and we utilize that, that psychic energy, that third eye energy. And by the way, it comes up a lot. You probably see this too. You can see this coming up. Their third eye access is already there. And it brings up old images, but it also helps to instill new. That's exactly what I was going to say. I'd love to continue this conversation with eye movements because I use them a lot. And it seems like as we do them, the insights just fall out of their consciousness, their soul, whatever, out of their mouths. And they're able to have these cognitive shifts and clear this energy in such a beautiful way that I never would have thought about with eye movements integrating the third eye. So mind blown. I'm learning so much. Um, oh, good. So, <laughs> yes. Yes. You guys, we are going to take a break in just a moment. I am so excited to be in conversation with CJ Llewellyn today, who wrote the book chakras and the vagus nerve tap into the healing combination of subtle energy and your nervous system, mind blowing science, really great conversation. So stay tuned. We'll be back in just a moment. And hello, welcome back to the High Energy Health Podcast. This is Amanda Wonderland, guest hosting for Dawson Church. And I am in conversation with CJ Lou Ellen today, a beautiful soul who wrote an amazing book called Chakras and the Vagus Nerve. And we were just talking about the third eye chakra and she blew my mind with incorporating EMDR, eye movement desensitization and reprocessing. Well, we use very similar in energy psychology. We use what we call the nine gamut. And so we make big eye circles. We use figure eights. We'll use diagonal eye movements. And so I never thought about how it's integrating the third eye, but I've definitely seen how when I work with trauma, not only does it create a sense of safety for my clients, but it allows them to connect to some insight that they weren't able to connect to before, as you call it, the soul self or the authentic self, that yeah. place within us where all the answers lie. And I just love that you brought up how REM is integrating that. And we are mimicking mm -hmm. REM by doing these eye movements. So really cool with the third, the third eye chakra. Is there anything that you wanted to add about the third eye uh, in the Vegas before we move on to the seventh in this modality? Cause I know there are many different yeah. schools that believe there are more chakras, but well, but right, exactly. Yeah. And, and I think that these were just the seven main ones that really seem to hold the principles. And by the way, if you look at the alignment, the, the, the Vegas nerve and the chakras do line up. They do. 
Yep, they do. It's you can so see cool. it, right? Right in the center <laughs> of the body. It's amazing. Yeah. So. You can't deny it. It's right you there. You cannot deny it. <laughs> and, and, you know, this goes to what we're talking about is it's time. It's time to integrate the science. I believe in the science. I believe in the clinical with the etheric. Those are the things we experience. We are asking them to find meaning in their experiences anyway. And of course, it extends outside of us where we can't measure it, but we can feel it. Yes. Yeah. I recently read a study where we've actually given a name uh, in science. We've given a name to the meridian system, to the subtle energy body, to the uh, chakras, and it's called the primovascular system. So if you guys are looking for some science to prove all of these things, look up primovascular system, just Google it, and you will find a study that proves that we have found it through what people consider to be modern science. But I absolutely believe mm -hmm. that science and spirituality are one, just like mm -hmm. you proved in this book, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, yeah it really is. The third eye. Okay. And then let's talk about the crown chakra. So I love the, I mean, we all love the crown chakra, right? Yeah. That's what we have to get. Yeah. We have to make sure we don't love it too much. Exactly. This is where we can really get into our bypassing. But yes, you know, this is not literally connected to the vagus nerve. But if you think about fontanelle, right, the soft spot mm -hmm. in our baby head, this yeah. is exactly I'm, I'm touching my head for those who are not looking at this. interview. <laughs> you know, it is right there. It is right behind our prefrontal cortex. It is mm -hmm. connected to all these connection between all aspects of our brain is right there. And so I, in the book, I refer to this as empathy. Mm -hmm. When we can, you know, when we're healed, right? When we can clear, I mean, are we ever fully healed? I don't, you know, I would love for us to always just be perfect, perfectly right. healed, but we're not. We're, we're, we're not. this is like a roller derby, you know, experience <laughs> here in life, right? We're always going to get banged up. Yes. However, when we can heal enough to feel safety enough in our system and we can access that aspect of our system, we can really connect through empathy. And I think that's when we start understanding because we're no longer having to protect ourselves all the time. We can understand how we are part of a web, how we are beyond comprehension in our human form. We probably right. won't even know to what extent until we are back where we came from. Uh, but yeah. yes, that to me is the web. That is where we, where we connect to the web. And that's when we understand we're all connected. The synergy that you and I are just talking about, right? We all have this. We all have that connection. Love that. Where we connect to the web. That's so beautiful. So that's right where we tap to in EFT. Yeah. We tap right on the Fontanella spot right there. It's wonderful. Yeah. So you mentioned bypass. It's near and dear to my heart because I personally did it for so long. I tried and tried and tried to transcend my ego and awaken to my true self, but I just could not get there because there was a lot of trauma in the yeah. way that I was not willing to alchemize. I was not willing to look at. I was not willing to process. I just wanted to deny it all away, meditate it away. So I really love that you say the lowest expression of spirituality mm -hmm. as you speak about the crown chakra is bypassing and the highest expression is reception. Mm -hmm. So can you please talk a little bit more about bypassing and the ways that we bypass and how we can move beyond that into a receptive state? Absolutely. And I would add to what you were just saying too, a little bit of empathy 
for people who don't even have a language around trauma, right? right? Yeah. I've had trauma. I, you know, I've had childhood trauma as well. Not having a language, not knowing what trauma is, that's when we can't discern. We think we're just sort of a highly emotional person. <laughs> we don't realize we're having a neurobiological <laughs> reaction to things. Right. So getting the language, you know, and I think that's what's been so wonderful recently with all the trauma study out there is developing a language and understanding, oh, wait a minute, if this is not working in my life, if I'm getting, you know, repeat offenders on my re- relationships, <laughs> mm-hmm. if, if I'm having struggles here in, in whatever my work dynamics, then I might need to explore that I have trauma because I think it takes the shame, right? I think the the Mm. beautiful thing about the polyvagal theory is Stephen Ford just took the shame out Mm. of overreaction. Yes. Right. That I am no longer a bad person because I get this way when I'm around whatever X, Y, and Z. Yeah. I have a neurobiological response. So having the language first, I think Mm -hmm. is, is part of, and frankly, I think that's spiritual in itself because you and I know trauma work, it's not hard, but it requires being present. Yes. And that's where we can get into the chakras as a bot is a bypass. You know, I am a Reiki master, I work with and I see energy. But I truly would tell you that working strictly with energy in that component I don't know. It's like having an engine problem in your car, but you have a beautifully polished outside of the car. Right. You know, both things need. Yeah. So bypass in, in even energy work, uh, bypassing in, you know, sometimes, and, and I actually love this transport. You know, when we want to get out of bodies and we want to go explore, don't we all? Yeah. But then if you're coming back down and you are bypassing through alcohol, sex, drugs, rock and roll, Right. Um, You're trying to numb something that you're trying to ignore. And then as a result, when we bypass, we put ourselves in a bubble and we're really not, we're not connected to ourselves. So that's, you know, you see that I see that in our, you know, in our practices. Yeah. And so talk about reception, that being the highest expression of spirituality. So I think that goes again to the, when I really work on my crown chakra, I'm also really working on my root chakra. And the reason is to me to receive spiritual downloads, to connect to spirit guides, to feel that reception coming in. We Mm -hmm. have to feel safe enough in our bodies to allow the information to come in, not have it fogged up or filtered by trauma, neurobiological response. Yes, I agree. I think that's all a prerequisite for us to really feel the connection with source and to align with our authentic selves. We have to see the dirt to clean the house and the house needs to be clean in order to jump out of the house every now and then when you want to. (laughs) Yeah, these these are our cars. We got to clean them up. We got to keep them maintained. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) I love that analogy in your book too. Okay, you guys, we are talking to CJ Llewellyn beautiful, beautiful author of the chakras and the vagus nerve chakras and the vagus nerve. You are listening to the high energy health podcast. We're going to take our final short break and we'll come back for our last segment of today's show. So stay tuned.
right. Welcome back to the High Energy Health Podcast. My name is Amanda Wonderland, and I am talking to CJ Llewellyn today, who wrote the book Chakras and the Vagus Nerve, tapping into the healing combination of subtle energy and your nervous system. And she and I have been talking a lot about trauma and how important it is to heal your trauma if you want to really develop alignment with your authentic self, with your soul self. We also talk about this a lot uh, with Dawson Church about getting access to this void, this state where you are everything and nothing through meditation, where you're truly connected to everything. As, as DJ likes to say, what is it where you're connected to the web through your crown yeah. chakra? Yeah. And the, our ascended masters of the past and people of the past have said, it's not accessible if you have disturbed hearts or if you have an emotional roller coaster going on, you have to achieve peace and calm in order to, to reach that space. So it's extremely important that we address our trauma. And I'd love for CJ to address that a little bit. Your definition of trauma and how you think the body is the best way to process that. I always, I always say this to my clients. I know I said this in the book. When we can't discern in the moment if we are in the past or in the present. And sometimes it's truly like a flashback. Like, oh my gosh, what's happening right now? Because I'm remembering this. Or it's just simply the same reaction over and over to, you know, a different person or a different scenario. So when your past and your past hurts is present, that is probably the most generalized term that you can use for trauma. So within that, you know, the trauma studies really went back into Judith Herman, my first reading, and then a lot has sprouted up from then. But trauma is something we all experience. Life is traumatic. Mm-hmm. But we can have a single event of trauma, like a, a car accident, and suddenly we don't want to ride, you know, we don't want to drive anymore, or we only want to drive and not sit in the passenger seat. Right. Those are single event traumas. Our body is registering this thing didn't keep you safe. So don't do it again. And that gets very complicated. Again, when we've grown up with childhood trauma, and sometimes that trauma might not be my parents, these awful physical things to me. Sometimes it's gaslighting. Sometimes it's manipulation, right? Mm -hmm. So we form these patterns in our brain. We have this synaptic pruning when we're kids, right? We come into the world, our brain is lush. and Oh, wow, this is cool. And then we start developing connection to our current reality. Let's put it that way, right? And our, our brain starts adapting. So then our brain starts picking up cues, sending it down to our system. And here we're off to the races. Right. And, and so when we don't understand that, we, we're bound to repeat our past. That's the most overview I think we can talk about in, in regards to trauma. And right. so if you're repeating your past, then really give yourself an opportunity to heal. Yeah. Because this to me is the most, you know, I think you and I are on that same page. It's probably the most spiritual thing we can do. It because is. then the soul doesn't get traumatized. Yes. The body does. So right? true. Yeah. I mean, the soul's learning some lessons through it, mm-hmm. but it's the body that is really fighting to keep us alive, keep us on this earth plane, keep us going, keep us fed. And so the body's doing what it's supposed to do, Mm -hmm. right? It's supposed to be gauging safety, lack of safety, but we can get our cues. We can misfire on our cues based on what's happening. Yeah, I love that. I tell my clients, you can relive this with me for an hour in a safe container 
We can process this trauma or you can relive it every day subconsciously for the rest of your life and not understand why you keep attracting in the same people, why you keep doing the same thing and can't seem to stop mm -hmm. this pattern of behavior. So yes, I agree. It is the most spiritual thing that you can do. And you're right. It is in the body. And it's, it's such in a the body. gift that we know this now. That and we it, know yeah. we can use somatic practices to heal this. I love this. Yes. Yes. That brain keeps wanting to wait a minute. Wait a minute. I'm going to try this again. I'm going to try this again. I'm going to try this again. And it's just not working. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about the somatic practices that you use and EMDR and how maybe it, then let's talk about the 90s. Let's talk about what happened in the 90s in therapy. But we don't have our 90s hair. <laughs> <laughs> Look, now I do. Yeah, everything changed for us when it comes to yeah. healing trauma in the 90s, right? So tell us what you know. So it, it really did. I was thinking about this the other day. So this is when Stephen Porges started doing his work. I think his first paper was presented in 93, which was not, by the way, geared toward trauma. And I believe Bessel, I, I think I'm telling the story right. I think it was Bessel van der Kolk heard Stephen Porges talk about the biggest nerve, about neuroception, et cetera, and said, ooh, we're seeing this every day. So here's this aspect in the 90s, right? And of course, van der Kolk and all his team had been studying trauma through that at that time. Then we had Francine Shapiro, who developed EMDR. Francine passed a couple of years ago, but... She developed EMDR simply based on the fact that she was noticing her eyes moving back and forth like REM sleep. And she, I just came back from the Andrea conference. There were like 1,500 people there. I'm like, I she wonder what if she knows what she started, <laughs> you know, this healing modality here. Right. And then, you know, and then we have Richard Schwartz, who to me, internal family systems is kind to, it, it, it develops a kindness to your parts. Yeah. With the concept that we are all multiple and we heal those parts. We don't extract them with an ice pick because they right. ain't going away because they're part of your body and they're going to keep you safe. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So and then we were even talking um, off air about how EP started to develop. Energy psychology started to develop, uh, yeah. you know, in that with regard. Roger Callahan in the 90s with thought field therapy. It was all in the 90s. Yeah. yeah. Eyes were and opened. It, these beautiful little seeds were dropped and now we are finally getting the, you know, the harvest and mm -hmm. it's here and it's accessible. Yes. Um, it's accessible for anybody who wants it. Yes. Cause your body is there. All you, it's at the tip of your fingers. It's in your eyeballs. It's, it's, it takes a courage. I like to say it's a courageous liberation, but there is a courage to be able to allow yourself to go into the past so that yeah. you can heal your presence. Um, and there are a lot of people that are afraid of doing that. And I understand that there's empathy for that, but the liberation, the lightness, the clarity that comes when you're able to go into that creating safety through these beautiful practices. I can't believe I didn't even mention that there are like 45 different practices. Is that right? Yeah. 45 exercises and prompts in CJ's book, Chakras in the mm. Vagus Nerve, which I love because I love theory, but I want application. I want mm -hmm. you to tell me how I can show this up in my life. And so she has these really great writing prompts to help you get into how you're showing up in flight, fight, freeze, any of those, you know, different responses with the vagus nerve. And all of these wonderful practices. She uses tapping as well, which, you know, I'm a big fan of. 
So I cannot say enough about this beautiful book. It's just delicious for lack of a better Mm -hmm. word. Like I just sink my teeth into it. It's so wonderful. So let's talk about CJ, where you're going from here, where people can find you and yeah, let us know anything else that you want to let us know. Yeah. Mostly I'm in my office working and seeing clients and typing like crazy, but um, (laughs) I'm going to be doing a series on the shift network in January. So I'm very excited about that. You know, just send me your email, cjlewellen.com. And I can send you more about that. And I'm on, I'm on social media, Facebook, Instagram, awesome. playing on TikTok with a few videos here and there. Yay. I love the Shift Network. And I obviously will follow anything that you do from this point oh, thank um, you. on out. So let me just spell that for you guys. It's C-J-L-L-E-W-E-L-Y-N.com. Is that right? It is. It's three L's. That right? three L's. The three first two L's. In the front. Yes. Beautiful. <laughs> CJ, I cannot express how much I've enjoyed this conversation with you. It's just so beautiful the way that you have drawn this correlation between the subtle energy system and the nervous system. It's very important. It's groundbreaking. And I'm so grateful to you for being on the show today. Amanda, thank you for having me. I'm thrilled. It's It's been very fun. <laughs> good. Good. I'm so happy to hear that. You guys are listening to the High Energy Health Podcast. This is Amanda Wonderland. Until next time. Do your best to stay actively engaged in being inspired. See you next time. Bye-bye.